live from my Brooklyn vacation home on the birthday of Nicholas Early. It's Stay Busy with the boy, Armand Sadler. special day so before i even get into my introduction we want to wish nicholas early my co-host my best friend my line brother my co-producer my co-founder my co-everything a happy 25th birthday thank you thank you thank you everybody it's, i'm so glad to be here I have to thank god for giving me the life thank my family thank everybody i appreciate you all love you all um Armand, you know, before we start getting all emotional and stuff. So thank you, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> of course, of course. So I am the less important host of the show today. Oh my God. I am Armand Sadler, vegan chorizo poppy, multiple miles Monday poppy, your favorite Uber driver. I do it all. <laughs> I gave him an intro already, but I'm going to give him another intro because he's my co-host and he ain't get to, he ain't get to tell you himself all his roles. What's so, up, y'all? How you feeling? How you doing today? My name is Nick Early. I'm executive producing, co-hosting, stay busy. I am, this is, you know, today is one of those days where it's just like, if you keep putting in the work, the things will happen. Yeah. It was, it had to be, what, what two years ago now? Two years ago, like two October-ish. Years ago, you know, I was a huge fan of this podcast called Blap Chat, right? And I was watching, I was always watching, I was just like, wow, these guests are so dope. The hosts are dope. I was like. Yo, if I ever have a podcast, I need to get, I need to get one of these people on their podcast. Come to find out, do my research, and I started learning more about perfection. And I see perfection is dope. <laughs> and look who we got on the pod today, y'all. Hey. We got perfection right here, live and direct. What up? With it's us. me. <laughs> it, is, it is her. It is her. I'm excited to be on. This is the highlight of my day, especially being that it's Nick's birthday. Yes, there we go. There you go. And you being one of our former employees of the week, it's always great to bring you in and let you speak about yourself. Before you do that, we're going to give you a proper intro. Like, you know, people need to understand why your name is what your name is. So <clears throat> Perfection is an engineer, producer, stylist, entrepreneur. Previously managed the Engine Room, Engine Room Audio Music Studio for four years. Co-host Phil Mind's music production podcast, Black Chat, that Nick talked about. Super dope podcast. Co-produces Angela Yee's Lip Service podcast. Previously co-produced in the interview series Cigar Talk on Rap Radar and currently is doing post-production for We The Best, DJ Khaled's podcast, the first one, exclusively on Amazon Music. There we, we go. We The Best, Sirac Green Apple, Lion, like all, all those phrases he was saying in 2015, all that. Like, but Bless up. We're not done. Bless up, y'all. That's right, not right, the right. biggest one. Bless up. <laughs> She also works as a curator on Our Table. It's a private dinner series honoring targeted industry tastemakers in the worlds of music, fashion, and film. Be sure to check out her new brand, Lifers. 
super dope. She, she's rocking it right now. I'm, I'm about to cop one of those. You gotta actually let me. I gotta, I gotta send you guys some stuff. So let <laughs> me know your sizes. Oh, honored, hey. honored. You know, we, we, we are getting slim. I might be a large today. I might be a medium tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? You don't know. You don't know. Let me know what you want to look like, and then okay. I'll send you that there size. We go. <laughs> there we go. Speaking of her fashion endeavors, perfection comes from a background of fashion. It, it, it is one of her major loves, and you can see it in her drip. She styled clients from BET, VH1, Bravo, Power 1051. I mean, come on. Like, if you guys don't understand why she's named what her name is at this point. Thank you. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's on you. So all that to say, we are so thrilled to have you here. Uh, like Nick said, it's a, it's a feels like a full circle moment, you know, going to the live show, seeing y'all talk to Just Blaze, and we're going to get into that a bit later. And then, you know, honoring you as our employee of the week and then bringing you on and you being willing to come on as well. That's, like, it, yeah, <laughs> like that's, that that's, Why wouldn't I? That is one of the biggest <laughs> honors. So we're going to have a lot, a lot of fun today. Um, now, before we get into the fun, I got, got to do some other shout outs. First shout out to the listeners, first time listeners, returning listeners, whether you like alphas or cues. Now, it was, it was, it was our founders day on Friday. So it, don't, be very careful how, how you answer that question. <laughs> whether you like ice water or jungle juice, you know, you, that's, that's one of those if, if you know, you know type references or tables or booths. Now, I'm a booth guy. I, I like to sit yeah, comfortably. I like to, I like to sit comfortably. It depends. Don't on the forget restaurant. sweetened or unsweetened tea. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> Perfections is a sweetened person. Sweetened. As am I. I think you're in the minority there, brother. I'm a tea person. I hate tea. <laughs> Sweet, unsweet, root, flower, bark, and it don't matter. Tea. Word. We also got to shout out some of our listeners, uh, some of our Twitter followers. Big shout out to Kojo, Chris Omar. 232, Jerry Bankins, Sean Marcano, and the Versus Chat, T Bundy, D Cheech, Caesar, Brandon, Mike, Joshua Miller, uh, R, our boy, Cedric Perry, Johnny, Desmond, Beauregard, Edgar, Ryan Shepard, Rising, Brittany, Proverb, Kiana Condors, Nadia, Injera, Hooligan Only, Amari Simone, Jamal, Nelzi, Rico Blue, and Chris Bra. Yeah, I really like us. Like, yeah, 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 I really want these shout outs every week. It, it means so much to us. <laughs> so much. We got to shout out our VP of everything, the man that you cannot see. But you feel here and early our goat, the backbone of this podcast. Thank you for all that you do. Of course, we got to shout out Anchor, our distribution platform. And if you do not know by now, Anchor will distribute your podcast to all platforms, regardless of your listenership. And of course, Zoom. Shout out to Zoom, allowing you to see our beautiful faces. Uh, perfection. They got her selfie light popping. Like if you can't the see, is hitting. You know, the, the, it's, <laughs> nice hotel glow. She ain't, enough studio light. Yeah, she ain't pull up with no average visuals. I had to come busy. ready for y'all. I had to come ready go, for y'all. We, you know we appreciate mean? you. <laughs> All right, so let's chat. So we, uh, like we said, we we met Perfection at the uh, Black Chat Black Chat lineup. So I think it was like October 2018, Nick. And yeah, they had on that time, and they had just Blaze pull up, which was incredible. So for you, Perfection, what, what was that experience like? Was was that your first time meeting Just Blaze? Uh, was it? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Like just even being able to speak to him in that space, it was an honor. You know what I mean? Like just being a producer and having a conversation with the GOAT, it was, it was amazing. You know, anytime I'm in a space with producers, I feel alive, but to be around some of the greatest to ever do it, it's just humbling. You know what I mean? It was it was fun. I wish, you know, we didn't get to speak to a lot of the um, the listeners and, and, you know, the people that were present because 
time restraints. It's funny. Just Blaze was actually really sick that day. He was like, really, yeah, he was really sick. So, so he was supposed to get that at a certain time. And then, you know, it took him some time to get there because he was just like super sick. So that kind of like threw off the schedule, but grateful that he was still able to make it. But we weren't able to um, speak to everyone as much as we wanted at the end of the show. And that was um, kind of a bummer for me, but it was great. It was, it was good to, you know, just be in that space with him and also with our listeners being there and and even everyone that was in the building just having them be that close to him I'm sure was you know inspiring so it was good you know it was exciting I I definitely want to eventually maybe do another live show but COVID kind of threw us you know off you know off of the uh you know, it just it just messed everything up. COVID yeah, kind of messed real. everything up. You know what I mean? So like we had to kind of like take a step back and really like just, you know, take some breathing room because it's just hard to kind of get together, you know, and we're all doing our own thing. So, you know, I'm looking forward to doing another live show, but but that one was amazing for our first one having just yeah. blaze. It was just super inspiring. Absolutely. And Nick, you, 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 you know, I remember uh, Illmind was asking people like, yo, who actually listens to the show that's here? I, I was one of the people who wasn't a listener. <laughs> you, you were the one who got me there. Oh, so yeah, you yeah. were invited. Yeah, I was, I was invited by Nick. You but, were the um, plus one. Yeah, pretty exactly. much. But for you, Nick, like, what, what was it like that being one of your favorite podcasts and then being there live and seeing the experience live? I mean, I mean, for real, you know, it, it was the only podcast really that I listened to. I'm, I wasn't like a big podcast person, but I, I love that insight, you know, that, of course, the Illmind and, and the team was providing Atlas, Glam, and Perfection that were you know, all the insights from just being an industry person wanting to get in and find my way in uh, as an artist, as a producer myself. So it, uh, I, it was, it was, it was like a full circle moment. You know, I finally got to, got to meet everybody. I said hi to perfection. I was like, hi. She was like, okay, okay, okay. Thanks for coming. She was like, get out of here. Like, <laughs> but, it was um, just so much going on, but yeah, it was, no, it no, was definitely good, an yeah. experience. <laughs> no, no, you good. Yeah. But it was, it was a great night. And of course, bringing out just blaze. That's like the icing yeah. on the cake. Yeah. Um, so it it was for me a great thing. It's what you want out of, out of being a fan of a podcast. So yeah. right. it, it was, it was, and well it being an intimate night. space too, yeah. like was, was great. Man, people pulled up too, like 1500. They pulled up like a bunch of people pulled up. So like, right. it was, yeah. Parks was there. I yeah. Got, I got photo. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it was it was a lot of people there uh, that really be doing stuff in, in behind the scenes. So like it was just a great night. I think it was a well curated show. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to y'all, Black Chat, um, podcast that we look up to and we're striving to be like. Um, this week in music, very very uh, good week. Uh, a lot happened, and I'm not even talking about the music release. We got the Soul Train Awards, which I really 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 enjoyed. enjoyed. The Soul Train Awards were very very good. Snow's performance, the visuals. Randy. Brandy, like there was, it it, it was just every, and you know, there's this narrative around award shows, especially ones for our culture. And we've talked about it so many times that like, they're not good. And I, you know, I feel like the BET, uh, BET's really stepped up their award shows during COVID, Soul Train Awards, especially. It's like, I was, I I was moved by it. Like, like my, my spirit felt really good. I'm sure, I, I saw all your tweets, Nick, so I'm, I'm sure yeah. you've, got, you've got a lot to say about it. No, it's important. <laughs> I, uh, I think it's important that we have this whole conversation 
you know, about like you know, there was a lot of frustration behind the Grammys and whatever, you know, people feeling having sentiments that they have. But that's why I think it's so important. Like, if you're gonna complain about the Grammys and not watch the Soul Train Awards and not support our shows that are for us, then like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, so exactly. I definitely made sure, given that we were vocal about how we felt about it, that I supported and I do watch the Soul Train Awards regardless, anyways. Like, um, and so I was really, really excited to see that and be able to support our programming and people that really you know showcased us and that's what soul train was about in the first place yeah. so glad that it's still going it's still thriving and it's modern of course and they they, they put on a great production and so yeah. i really enjoyed it absolutely uh, what was was brandy your favorite performance of perfection oh yeah i'm oh. i missed it but i saw highlights i think brandy did an amazing job i loved um you know it's crazy i think you're right like in the sense of people always complain about the grammys the mtv awards and things like that but we don't necessarily see the same support for you know awards that are for the culture right so i think i think the soul train awards Maybe the BT Awards, but I think the Soul Train Awards is definitely going to become bigger than what it was because now we're realizing that we need to continue to support each other and support our own. But um, the highlights that I did see were dope. Um, Tisha Campbell was was hosting, right? Yeah. And, and, and Tishina um, Arnold. Yeah, and they were hilarious to me. It was great to see like their dialogue, and I think they 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 need a show. Yeah, they they, they perform <laughs> too. They they killed their performance. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wish I would have seen the whole thing, but you know the highlights were great, and and I think it's good to see what they did with the awards, especially exactly. through COVID and and you know like the restrictions that we've had, like the fact that they were able to still make it what it was was very good to see. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, moving right along, a show I really enjoyed this week: uh, the Patron More Than Tequila music series. Uh, they did their second show this week. Uh, it was headlined by Black. Um, but it also featured Kitty Cash, BRS Cash, and uh, Mariba. I realized I was, I was pronouncing Mariba. her name wrong this whole time. Um, but it was really, really great. Mariba opened the show with three songs. She's just such a, she has a great presence. Like, she, she's a Southern belle. She's very, very peaceful and was so gracious towards everyone. Like, it felt like there was an audience there. Um, and then Kitty Cash is an incredible DJ. Yo, like, she mixed Teach Me How to Dougie, Good Going Bad, and Plain Jane, like, all together into a mashup. Yeah. It was super fire. I was, and then she did Aaliyah's Rock the Boat vocals over Rihanna's work beat. I was like, it, th those were her first two. I was like, yo, you, you can honestly stop here. Like, like you, you're really, you're really <laughs> doing your thing. <laughs> and then she went into, you know, bops like Megan Thee Stallion's Body, City Girls Pussy Talk, Tap In Sweetie, Pop Smoke the Woo. Um, we got to see BRS Cash do his big internet hit, Throat Baby. Um, it's really, really cool to see that he has really cool presence live. I'm interested in hearing more of his catalog. And then Black, of course, you guys know how I feel about Black. Really, <laughs> really amazing set. His band is absolutely amazing. Love the band, yeah. He really puts a lot of effort and detail into his live performances. Performances. And he's really improving as as, as a vocalist. Like, he really knows his voice, and he, he kind of understands, like, what he can do and what he can't do. So he's mastered what he can do. Um, usually he, he ends his sets with Problems, which is one of his biggest songs mm -hmm. of all time. So I heard it. I love Problems. I was like, all right, bet, 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 that's cool. And like hearing that beat drop. And then he sat down on the stool. I was like, wait, what's, what's he about to do? Is, 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 he, about to do, <laughs> is he about to do Stan or, or Outside? Like, those are my favorite right. songs by him. If he does those, I might be crazy. He did an acoustic version of Cutting Ties. And like, Cutting Ties is already super hard, but like hearing it acoustically and, see, and like, you could see that he was really singing. Like, he, he was really, really putting effort into singing the song. 
and it just it was dope like i i've I watched I watched the concert back like three times already not gonna so this was up. on instagram live instagram live yep yeah yeah yeah, yeah. They, it was like very highly, highly produced though like camera angles and like it was it was it was it was a production, production. it was yeah. really really great sure. i really enjoyed it um so shout out to patron for that uh their, their first more than music series uh featured rhapsody and deontay hitchcock um, so I, I think they they went up, and I can't wait to see the third one. There's going to be a third show. Yeah. The series is done. Um, when are they doing the third one? I'm not sure. They, they haven't announced it yet. Um, but the first one was in October, and then this one was early December. So maybe around like January, possibly like February. We'll see. But yeah, shout out to them for that. Um, I've I'm, I've been I actually wrote about the show, and I've been really missing live music. And so it's like even yeah. if even if I was watching yeah. it on my phone, like it still felt like I was, I was there and, and they really did a good job creating that environment. So yeah, shout out to Patron for that. Uh, Jack Harlow announced mm. his debut album. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what they all say. And his album cover featured him singing a limo, a very nice outfit, uh, uh, a, a mixed batch of kids at the window looking to sign autographs and then some beautiful black legs next to him. Very, very, very harmless. I saw the cover. I was like, "Oh, cool! Jack's dropping his debut album." That's and that's where the conversation stopped for me because I, I just want to hear the music. For Twitter and for Clubhouse and for everyone else, there was evidently an issue with the fact that Jack Harlow was pictured on his album cover next to a black woman. Thoughts, <laughs> reactions, feelings. I'm, I'm looking for the perfection because I saw you tweet about a perfection, so I, I, I want to. I'm, I'm just so tired of like the fake woke perspectives. Like I would say everyone's entitled to their opinion. And, you know, I, I tend to kind of like not be too judgy with people's opinions because you don't know people's backstory. You don't know what triggers people. So, Respect you know, I, I, I tread, yeah, I tread lightly in those instances, but sometimes I just feel like, man, damn, if you do, damn if you don't you know like Literally. like i didn't find a problem with the album cover i think it was dope you know i could it it was weird right because the whole there was a conversation on clubhouse right mm. like someone created mm. a chat room about it and said that like what was it what was the title it, it said, said that jack um, harlow is the problem with hip-hop right now yeah his, his <laughs> album <laughs> cover yes exactly his album cover is the problem with hip-hop that that sounds like a that sounds like a uh like a fucking headline like a shade room like not <laughs> yeah. even shade room like just i don't know just like a clickbait headline that you'd see on twitter and mm-hmm. again like i think everyone's entitled to their opinion and you don't know what triggers people but i just think that it was just unnecessary i think that you know it it helped jack harlow right now people are going to want to listen to that album i think mm-hmm. jack harlow's dope I think his contribution to hip hop has been dope. I don't know him personally. I don't know his background, so I can't say whether he's a good or bad person. But what I've seen from him has been positive. He has good music. Um, and again, it's like, damn if you do, damn if you don't, right? I saw some people being upset because there was a black woman next to him and they said that he was sexualizing her because her leg was out. And I'm like, bruh, you see her calves. You ain't seen no titty, you ain't seen no coochie, nothing. It was just legs. <laughs> That's one. And then two, some people were like, oh, well, he only has like black kids outside the car. And it's like, no, he had two white kids 
there. Like it was clear as day. And then someone on, I had to log off a clubhouse because I was like, you know what? <laughs> like this is, this is when I have to go. Like some girl said that like the kids outside of the window remind her of like slave children in Africa. And I was like, bruh, like, are we Johnny taking Crawford it there? Are we taking it there? You know what I mean? And for me, it's like, whatever. Think what you want to think. You can look at the, at, you can look at anything and think what you want, right? But I think like, again, yes, like Nick said, you're creating problems that are not there. And I just feel like, let's say if he had a white woman sitting next to him and solely white kids outside the car, what do you think the conversation would be? Now he's stealing the culture, blah, 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 so on and so forth, right? He's in the hip hop industry. He's in black culture and he's not showing love to black people. He has all these white people in his car and outside his car. So that's why for me, it's like, damn, if you do, damn, if you don't, right? You show love to the culture. It's still a problem because you're white and you shouldn't do it. And then it's like, if you don't show love to the culture, it's like, well, you're in our culture and you're not showing us love and you're white. So for me, it's just like, what what do you want him to do? I think maybe if he would have created a completely different album cover that didn't have a woman and children, people would be happy, but they probably still find a problem with it. So for mm-hmm. me, it's like, damn if you do, damn if you don't. And if you don't like it, don't consume it. Simple Period. as that. Simple as that. This whole conversation reminds me of those tweets where people are like, yo, what y'all mad about today? Because people always Literally. find something to be mad about. It really don't matter. Like, they wake up angry. It's like, bro, y- y'all ain't brush your teeth, you ain't eat breakfast, but you're mad at something already? Come on. And Come on. and mad at someone that you don't even know. And it's like, yeah. you know, just to even be on the topic of that, like, there was a conversation about Mulatto mm. on Clubhouse trying to cancel her. Okay. And and in that instance, I, I understand why people might feel away with her name, right? Like, because of, of the history. But it's like, I think that if it's something that's really triggering to people and it's a huge issue, the person that's behind it is going to do what they need to do or what they should do to correct the issue. So I feel like, yeah. let's say Mulatto's instance, I heard that she's considering changing her name and, you know, maybe she should, maybe she shouldn't. But it's like, we're having all this outrage when these people don't even know you. You know what I mean? You're doing like all these tweets, all these conversations, cancel culture. And like these people don't even know you, you know, and some of the issues just are like pointless to me. The Jack Harlow, like the mulatto, that's a whole different conversation. But like the Jack Harlow cat, the cover, I'm just like, man, this is just a waste of conversation. Literally. (laughs) I think it was classy. Yeah, I think the, the, the cover was classy. You know, I, I didn't take offense to it. I didn't think he was over-sexualizing children or women, you know? But, like, this is what happens when you have so many opinions on social media. Yeah. Yep, yep. It's so interesting, too. I think in Clubhouse, like, uh, for those who aren't on Clubhouse, you know, Clubhouse being the drop-in conversation application that's kind of buzzing in the social media scene right now. A lot of industry people are in there, and I think a lot of fake industry people are in there, and a lot of people mm-hmm. who just want to be in the industry are in there and mm-hmm. don't really know what And so... <laughs> preaching today. Right, right. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> right, right. But uh, it, it, for me, it's just like, 
I love the counter rooms to the controversial room. So like well, there's the Kevin Hart situation, then there's the counter room. <laughs> <laughs> the the counter was, room to the counter room to the counter room. Exactly. Well, let's yeah, recap exactly. the recap. <laughs> exactly. And so I love that I was in a room uh, right after that because I, I maybe spent maybe like 45 seconds in there, like just enough. And while I was in there, the guy who was talking was the guy who designed the cover. And so uh, he was talking like, basically like y'all are really reading into this way too much kind of his was his sentiment he's like i mean we we referenced a certain there was a certain picture that they referenced from i think it was i think it was a black star that like had some sort of picture it might have been denzel i i don't know if i'm crazy but like it was they referenced that from another black star and like it was just so many nods to black folks in there that they were thinking about and the guy i'm so it was just like y'all really just trying to find something where there's nothing when i was in the counter room and it was just like, why are we giving, uh, I think the room was literally named like, why are we giving meaningless opinions like credence? Like, are we, why are we acknowledging meaningless opinions as like, you know, people to speak on what we speak on? Cause like they were, just, and they were dragging the guy who started the room. Like, they should. literally dragging you, him. You were in that room? You were in the, yeah. Were you I in, think at yeah, one yeah. point he, I think at one point he even left the room cause he was just <laughs> like, man. Because everyone started going in on him. Everybody started going in on him. What are you doing? What are you doing, sir? And not to mention the fact that he's like a producer. So I think like it you gotta tread lightly when you're doing stuff like that. Cause like he has a lot of followers, he's done records, he's has placements, but like you you could get yourself canceled by like having conversations like that in in yeah. yeah, and I think it was overwhelming for him because he just started apologizing, and you know, people are like, "Well, change." Yeah, I think he tried to like have a conversation about it, but he went about it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And I think it was cool to see that people actually like support Jack Harlow and and yeah. didn't make that a thing, right? Because it could have become something bigger than what it was. Where it's like, "Yeah, fuck Jack Harlow," let's like cancel him, and it's like, "No, right. this kid has done nothing wrong." Why are you starting this problem when there's no there problem. shouldn't be one? <laughs> yeah, so I I think that was dope, but it definitely was overwhelming for him. I was kind of going in and out the room, mm-hmm. and everybody was just going at him. Like literally, they're like, "This is dumb. Why you didn't call it something else? Like it's ridiculous." Yeah, and at one point, he left the room, and I was like, "As you should just get out." Go on, <laughs> Go on son. Uh, let's jump into something more positive on Clubhouse. Right. Uh, there was a beat battle that happened. Talk to us about it. Oh. Um, yeah. The beat battle. Interesting. Um, so, you know, Clubhouse, I've been on Clubhouse maybe for about a month and a half already. Um, and when I got on Clubhouse, it was already a thing. I've been seeing people talk about it on my timeline. I didn't really, I'm, I'm not really a follower, you know? So for me, it's like, I'll yeah. sometimes I'll get on something late because I just need to feel it when I do it. So I've seen people talk about Clubhouse, talk about Clubhouse. And one of my friends, she was like, you should get on Clubhouse. Let me send you an invite. I'm like, whatever, cool. So I get on it and it was cool. It was dope. Like the chat rooms and, you know, just being able to have access to and conversations to certain people and just another way to network and just talk and chill. Right. And Mm-hmm. what I like about Clubhouse is the fact that you don't need to be on camera you don't need to get ready for the camera or like you could just be in your PJs at home talking shit right so exactly. I think that's what's dope about Clubhouse so yeah. you know I was in a lot of rooms with a lot of peers and Cardo was always in certain rooms and I've met Cardo before you know um 
never worked with him, but like God's plan. Yeah, Cardo got wings. Like I've never um, Yeah. We could go down the list. Um but but um we know each other, but like not personally, we don't chill, but we've been around each other and you know, we've been in 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 clubhouse rooms and one day he was like, You know what? Man boy one is about to do a beat battle in an hour. Just randomly. This was they they I think tomorrow they're gonna do a beat battle which is probably the fourth one that they've done so the first one was that day where he's like we're about to do a beat battle it was just like on the whim last minute so you know they did the beat battle in about in like an hour's time and I played some beats but it wasn't it wasn't as serious as it is now right Mm -hmm. like it was just a last minute thing they did it I played beats and they're like oh shit this is dope whatever then they're like we're gonna be back next week so we're like cool so the next week they took it a bit more, not took it more serious, but they got, they had more structure to it. And they're yeah. like, okay, this time we're going to have like, you know, judges, we're really going to make it a competition. So, you know, um, most of the guys that are, that were on stage, I knew. So like, I know Vinyls, Seven Thomas, you know, Cardo, I've met Boy One in person, but I don't think that he kind of made the correlation between it being me right. and who he's met before um because you got your government on clubhouse don't you yeah but like yeah um like i've i've seen boy wonder in certain spaces but we've never had like extensive conversations for him to like be able to remember me i think if he's seen me in person he'll put two and two together but um i don't think he did on clubhouse so you know i know some of the guys that were judges so vinyls um was the one that pulled me up to to the stage and I was like fuck it so you know I just started yeah. playing some of my hardest beats and there you my, go. <laughs> my strategy my strategy was because they were like you know come with the energy so my strategy was I want to make it to the final round so I'm going to play the hardest shit that I have like not nice. hardest that I have but like just hard shit mm-hmm. shit would right. bounce shit that makes you move shit that you yeah, know yeah, just yeah, yeah. you'll be like oh shit so that's right. what I did. And I ended up like at the at the final round and for some reason at the end my signal starts going in and out and I'm uh. like, Great. <laughs> I'm like, great. Um so T T Watt, who's another producer, um, he got a couple records and I think he got a couple platinum records. So he won against me because he played more diverse beats at the end. My signal was going in and out. So that kind of like made me lose the final round, but they kept saying that I won because they didn't want a platinum producer in the battle anyway. Cause it's like, dude, you already have platinum records. So right, right. I think, I think they technically gave it to me. Um, but it was dope. It was dope to just be on that platform, be able to play my music in front of everybody. You know, it's, yeah. it was, it's interesting. Cause we always trying to send people music, trying to get our, our music listened to from A&Rs to artists, to managers, to labels, but just being able to easily play my beats on this yes. platform when, when I know everyone's watching, right. was just dope. And, and, you know, it was, it was humbling to see that the guys were, were embracing me in that sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was dope to see me just go to the to the end, right? So mm-hmm. that was that. And then they did another beat battle the next week and Laudi Luna won, which is another female producer. And she's like super fucking nasty, super nasty. So it's funny. I tweeted, I said, I'm not going to be in a beat battle this week. I'm going to just be a spectator. I'll let everybody get their shit off. Because I didn't want to feel, I didn't want it to look like 
I'm entitled or that I feel like I have to be on every stage. It's like, no, I had two weeks. I did my thing. People already listened to my music. Let me not be too thirsty. You know, so I was like, I'm gonna just watch, let everybody enjoy and and play their shit. So at the end, when when the female one, you know, they're like another woman, like, you know, won the beat battle. This is crazy. Like the women are killing the guys. And then Vinyls is like, we should bring back perfection from last week. <laughs> and I mind you, I'm listening, like I'm on my bed and I'm like, oh shit. Like I was so not expecting it because I was just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. just sit, you know, I'm just chilling today. And the universe was like, eh, nah. So Vinyls, yeah, so Vinyls was <laughs> like, we should bring back perfection from last week and have her play some beats against Laudi Luda. And I'm like, you know, I'm watching my phone. I'm like, oh shit. Um, wasn't expecting this. And then they're like, okay, we'll ping her. Let's look and see if she's in here. We're, we're going to ping her. And I'm like, fuck. So they brought me on stage. And I'm like, yo, like I was not expecting this. So I don't even have my laptop on. So give me like two minutes to get my shit together. So they're like, all right. So I just played my shit. And, you know, me and her were kind of, I wouldn't say we were going against each other. I think it was just, it was a moment, right? It was a moment for them to say, a woman won last week. A woman won this week. Let's highlight that. Let's put them together. So exactly. they didn't really, they didn't really say like Loudy won or Perfection won. It was just like, just go back to back. Love so once suspicion. we were done, yeah. So once we were done, they're like, "Yo, this is dope." Like the women are really coming with it. They they killing the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that was just dope, and it was humbling too at the fact that they brought me back especially when I wasn't expecting it, you know, because I, I, again, I didn't want to feel entitled. I didn't want to feel like, well, I know the guys on stage, so they should bring me into every battle, you know, like I wanted to just play my position and play it cool because I didn't want them to be like, damn, like you was, you was just up on stage right. two weeks in a row, give someone else an opportunity. So right. I right. think that's why like the universe was like, nah, let's throw you in there. Um, And <laughs> it was dope it, yeah. because like, it was dope because Drake was on stage. Oof. <laughs> and um, 21 Savage. So, But it's funny. I didn't really pay attention to Drake because I guess I was a little nervous because I, I felt unprepared. Because it just all oh, okay. happened so yeah. quick. You know what I mean? Like, it's those moments. It's those moments. So I wasn't really like, oh, my God, let me play something for Drake. I was more so like, shit, what am I going to play? Because like they just put me in here so last minute. I didn't have a chance to prep and be like, let me play this shit. Um, but that was just so dope to see. Like, you know, Drake, I guess, has been on Clubhouse. He got a little sneaky profile, but now everyone knows that it's him. Um, so yeah. obviously, I'm, sh- I'm sure the guys were like, because the guys were saying it early that day. They're like, you never know who's going to pop in. So I was like, all right, somebody's yeah. going to come in here. <laughs> um and then Drake went in and he didn't say nothing. At one point, they kept asking him, what do you think of this beat? What do you think of this beat? And he was quiet. And they're like, well, guess he's not there. And at one point, he was like, my bad, man. He's like, I didn't hear that last beat. And that's the only thing he said for the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was present. Like, he changed his ab- his Abby picture. And so so that was dope just to be on that on that stage and, and be able to play my music on that platform. And, and like, just it gave me an opportunity to show people on a larger scale what I'm doing. Cause it's, it's different to like post stuff on socials or email people. But yeah. when you have a platform where everyone is watching, like that just made it that much better for me. So I'm grateful, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm humbled and yeah. blessed. 
to be able to have the relationships to be able to finesse that. There you go. But yeah, but I do think it's a dope, it's a, I think Clubhouse is a dope platform for that and for things related, you know, similar to that, where it can highlight certain people in certain um, industries. And I just think it's dope for producers, you know, like for, for, I think, I think it's dope for, sorry, I think it's dope for producers to be able to be in that space and and for them Mm -hmm. to even just be able to have that space for producers because you know mm-hmm. these guys are fucking plat- multi-platinum yeah, you know yeah. grammy is, yeah. winning so they don't need to do this but it's great to see them do it for the culture so you know mm-hmm. it was dope to be a part of it yeah yeah for sure for sure well thank you for, for that insight shout out to you for killing the battle i i, I gotta pop nice. into the next one if you if you do it again and um tomorrow yeah Tomorrow, I, I mean, I, I won't. I won't be. I probably like. I'm not looking to, you know, bombard the stage unless yeah, they, they might bring you up to, again. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I might give it a couple weeks before I'm like, hey guys, let me play some shit, you know. But um, because right, it's all right, about right. strategy. It's about yeah. strategy, right? Like, you want to play your position. You want to play it cool because people respect that. When you're sometimes like you have to shoot your shot and be assertive, but everyone doesn't like that, you know. Yeah. So like. I just like to play it cool. So maybe in like two weeks or so, I'll be like, hey, let me play some shit. But yeah, they do it every Sunday at like 5, 5.30 on Clubhouse. Gotcha. Awesome. Gotcha. Awesome. All right. Uh, to finish up the chat, we're going to briefly predict this upcoming versus Ashanti versus Keisha Cole. Mm-hmm. Who who y'all think taking it? Uh, it's Keisha for me. It's Ashanti for me. Ooh, <laughs> it's Keisha. Really, for, it's really. Keisha for me too. It's Keisha. Yeah. Now it's here's the thing. I think I think people immediately. I, I, I think Ashanti might have bigger records, like more, more popular records, whether it's features and stuff. And people forget what Keisha was giving us. Like no, people sure. know Keisha's deep cuts. People know yeah. the second verse on Keisha's mm-hmm. deep cuts. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, like she, I, it's, 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 it's going to be good. Like, you know, you, you know how these verses goes. We, all, we predict everyone thinks one person is going to come and then someone else comes in and kind of shocks us. And it's like, you know, like, so I'm, I'm going with Keisha. I'm, I'm expecting Ashanti to, to bring the energy to really make it a competitive and, and fun, fun event. Like, it's going to be more fun than anything because they both have just amazing records that, like, you can't deny. I love, I should have cheated let it go mm-hmm. foolish un- unfoolish like bro w- w- what's love like it's it's, it's gonna be mad, mad people fun. are gonna be in their feelings that yeah. day you saw cardi b's tweet where she said like yeah all of the all of the men all of the boyfriends or whatever including my man like tread lightly and be nice that day because we're all gonna be singing lyrics and giving you the side eye yeah be, please, please be kind to your girl because if that I should have cheated comes on and she looks at you, and I'll be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> but they they both have hits though, like they yeah. both have super hits. But I do think that um, Ashanti's bigger and more popular records, mainstream mm-hmm. records, might get, be an advantage to her. But it's gonna be interesting to see what they play. I've seen a couple of tweets where people are like. 20 songs like do they have That's 20 records yeah. but let's not forget they might play records that they wrote for people yeah. You know what I mean? That's oh, yeah. that's what Versus is about too, right? It's not just like solely records that you have of your own. It's records that you were featured on, records that you might have written for people. So it's it's going to be dope to see. And I'm glad that they're, you know, bringing the women on board. Obviously, there haven't been too many uh, female verses, yeah. right? We had the Patti LaBelle 
Um, Daddy and Gladys. You had Alicia, yeah. who was on with John. Monica. Granny Monica. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's it. Can't think yeah. of so this yeah. is gonna be exciting. It's yeah. it's gonna be dope. It's gonna be dope. Wait. I can't wait. Well, perfection gave us board meeting content in our chat, so you know the board meeting is about to be lit later. But <laughs> it's gonna hit. It's gonna hit. all this talking. I know I'm parched. I'm sure Nick is thirsty. Perfection got to hurt me. Nick, what you sipping on, bro? I've been busting down this smoothie right here. I just made this in the house. It's the, the birthday you know, smoothie. For, exactly mm-hmm. for the birthday. We 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 loving ourselves. Health and wealth you know, later. Later will be activated. Uh, brought to you by Casamigos. But um, you should put the Casamigos in the smoothie. You should put a Casamigos shot. You know, mm-hmm. you know it's funny. You know it's funny. I was going to do that, but I was like, you know, let me relax. Because I'm not gonna <laughs> do another one because I got a bunch of fruit. But nice. uh, but yeah, I'm sipping on this little smoothie here. You know, some dark berries, a little bit of mango in there. Uh, but our half and half is coming out of abc.net in australia so just it was interesting i was looking through i get asked i'm I'm a member of ascap and they send out this thing called the daily brief there's a bunch of different articles and that's typically where i source the half and half so i found this article um, by angie mccormick talking about a dumbing down of music have streaming services changed music releases forever and i think this is a conversation that happens a lot in industry and obviously want to beat a dead horse but uh, i think the the article brought in some interesting points because obviously this is an international capacity so we're speaking like what's going on in australia and those charts there but speaking towards spotify and streaming is kind of like a worldwide situation um so the article basically is the 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 writer is speaking about this guy named alan cross who's a music journalist and a founder of the music technology group and basically just sharing a lot of his insight um from his research and his studies about what might be the situation what's going on um and so what's going on is, you know, of course, as we know, songs are getting shorter. The, the duration of time, people are playing to the sort of, you know, the listener's attention span isn't as long. And, you know, bigger albums are playing towards the the, the metrics of streaming and how you can make more money. That's why we get hence 45 song albums from Chris Brown. We get, mm-hmm. you know, 25 songs or how many, 22 songs from Drake or whatever. How many songs on Scorpion, whatever it was. The point being... Yeah, 25. I was right the first time. See, <laughs> my instinct. But um, it was just really interesting because they they get this example of saying Spotify's Australia top 50 chart. Only two of the top 10 songs listened to by Australians today are larger or longer than three minutes. Mm-hmm. And one of the longest songs on the top 50 wasn't a new release, which is Dreams by Fleetwood Mac, which is that song that's been going viral on the TikToks with my my guy who's on the the, the skateboard. Um, drinking his cranberry juice but uh it was really interesting because when we talk about you know the sort of fast food era that we're in with this music coming out you know perfection we were talking off camera but i'm off recording we were talking about like how there's so much music coming and we don't always have time to get to it you know and we would like to get to it but in this day and age where people are just so quick with releases so quick with moving things along it's like you know where are we what are we sacrificing here by giving you so much content at such a fast rate and that's what the the, mr alan cross was talking about he says quote the problem is that song might get you a million streams but no fan engagement and so they were starting to look at that the shorter songs may be successful but like it's conflating how musicians are writing songs and it's 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 changing the structure in which musicians musicians are writing so speaking towards like He's saying, is this a problem with the diversity of music? How are we are we homogenizing the writing structures? Because you know, people are putting maybe 
10 second intros and then the course is right there. And uh, so he was, he was, he had another great quote that he was talking. He said, it, quote, it has subverted and changed songwriting and production. So we have shorter intros. We put the courses up front. We add as many sugar high hooks as possible before the song is half a minute old. Anything to drag that 30 second mark so everyone can get paid. Cause of course they were speaking to within Spotify that the, a song only earns money if it's played for 30 seconds or more, which is, obviously an incentive for a shift in songwriting so what are y'all thoughts on like how this sort of this is like the business influencing the culture in a way what are your thoughts on this perfection, perfection just like with you. Um, i know it's a huge thing to tackle <laughs> yeah i you know i get it in a sense of like creatives feel like they constantly have to create and and create differently because you you touched on like people's attention spans people's attention spans because of social media have like drastically changed right like even for me like my attention span has changed in the sense of like if I hear a song for a good 20 15 20 30 seconds maybe 45 and it's not intriguing like the writing doesn't capture me I might let it ride for a bit or I'll like move on to the next, right? Or just like aside from even music online. If yeah. I'm browsing online and a web page doesn't load in the first couple seconds, uh, it's not for me. That's <laughs> <laughs> really how it be. You know what I mean? I'm gonna try right. to refresh it. I'm gonna try to refresh it and if I right. keep next. So people's attention spans has has drastically changed over the years because of the internet and social media so you know i do think that creatives want to be able to capture people's attention and and it has like you know made people try to like change the way they create and i get it because you have to just you got to adapt with the times right you got to right, like right, right. give give the people what they want give the people what's working you know and and on one end, I think for some people, they're they might be sacrificing like the quality and quantity, the mainly the quality of their music yeah. because they just feel like they have to like release music this way or release music this fast, and that's unfortunate. Um, right. You know, with streaming, it's interesting. Spotify has 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 been changing so many things with their platform that I feel like it's becoming less beneficial for the artists in a sense. Um, they came out with an article about a week ago and I don't really want to quote too much because I can't recall exactly what it was, but it was something about like, I don't know. I just feel like everything they do is just making it harder for creative to, to get paid by them. Right. It's like, I've seen something a couple weeks ago where they like, I got to send you guys the article, but it's something about like artists. Who, the only way artists will get paid is if, like or or artists will get paid less if if they do this advertising like kind of um this new advertising initiative that they have but if, yeah. if like artists and, you know what i mean but if yeah. artists like end up yeah. using that advertisement space and they might get paid less like just weird stuff that they're doing that it's like artists are in such a rush to put out music but they might not necessarily even be getting paid for that content so it's it's weird i think streaming is great because no one is buying CDs. No one's going to get right. physical, you know, releases. So streaming is a way to get it now and get it like 
wherever you are. You know, you can download an album anywhere you are as long mm -hmm. as you have a streaming service. So I think that's great. But I do think that they need to to change their structure to make it more beneficial to the artist. Like, I think if you click, I don't know, I think if you if you listen to a song for 30 seconds and, and that's the only way the artists get paid, I'm kind of conflicted by that. Like, I get it. Of course. But then also it's like, damn <laughs> like right, what if they right. listen to my shit for 15 minutes i should at least be able to get something you know what i mean so 15 minutes worth yeah. yeah 15 seconds or whatever but it you know it's funny because i was reading an article about um chance the rapper and how okay. his former manager is suing, suing him. him did you guys see that at the manager the former like manager pat oh the one before pat pat i think pat, pat what's his last name pat, pat, the man, pat corcoran yeah. So he's he's suing no. no. So he's suing Chance the Rapper because he's owed what? money. Yeah, he's owed money. Um because I guess they had a, a verbal, a oral agreement. They didn't have it in writing, which that there goes that. Mm -hmm. Um but I, I read like the deposition of the case and it said that he's owed he wants the money that he's owed, you know, because I guess Chance ended up hiring his brother and his manager to now run his career. Um, and I guess Pat wow. was saying that, that with his, with uh, chances, I, I don't really listen to, to chance, you know? Um, and it's funny. I was speaking to some friends about a week ago and they were like, man, what happened to chance? Like the hype has died down compared to when he came out with his, his mixtapes, you know, he was the guy back then. Now it was like, and I was reading that it was mainly because of his last release. It was a flop. And his manager was telling him like, well, well, Chance announced his album and he didn't even tell Pat that he wanted to release the album or that he was going to announce it. He just announced See, it. He's like, come on. Yeah. So like, I think in February, he's like, I'm going to release the album in July. And, and his former manager was like, one, where did this come from? We didn't even speak about this. And two, that doesn't make sense because you have so much going on right now. Like you have a wedding that you're planning this year. And like, right. it makes no sense for you to say that you're going to release the album in the next three months. Like, so he was saying that when they went, they ended up doing a studio sessions that, you know, Chance just wasn't, um, they weren't productive sessions. Like, I guess there were people in and out that, you know, weren't helping the sessions be productive. Like, I guess Chance wasn't coming up with material that was good enough or he wasn't inspired. Like, basically, the album was rushed. The quality and the content wasn't, you know, was subpar. Reflected. And his manager was like, I don't think you should release this. I don't think you should release this. And he rushed and released it. And it was a flop. And he said that he ended up, I guess they ended up trying to do like, somebody said, when all else fails, go on Ellen DeGeneres. So he ended <laughs> up like, <laughs> so he ended up doing all these appearances that ended up not really helping his album. And in turn, he kind of had to speak on the fact that the album wasn't necessarily as, or, or you know, like the, 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 like the interest and the attention and just the 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 success of the album wasn't the same as his prior releases yeah. and his manager was like well we tried to have the conversation with him not to rush the album and it reflected and i guess afterwards he ended up like kind of blaming the manager or saying that whatever and then he ended up hiring his his brother and his dad and that's just an example right there of like where artists feel like 
no, we got to get this done. We got to release it. We got to put something out for the people. And then the quality was affected, you know? So I think like the fact that we're able to just post stuff on streaming services, like, and get it done quickly for some people, it's an advantage. Cause it's like, fuck it. I'm gonna release, you know, I'm gonna make a song today and release it tomorrow. We have that access, which is great. But just because you have that access doesn't mean you have to rush to use it because quality still matters. You know what I mean? So right, right. I think Terrible. streaming streaming has definitely changed the way we release music and just music in general because you do have the access to to put something up as quick as possible. But also I think like, you know, that, that gives people the mindset that like they can release something whenever they want and then it ends up not being quality. So just because yeah. we have access to post something right now doesn't mean you, you necessarily have to use that it, you know? Should. So <laughs> I, 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 I really, yeah. I love that you brought that up because uh, as we close, uh, Roddy Rich brought a quote recently talking about how he can't, like, you know, a lot of artists put products out every three months and he is the type of person where I'm like, yo, I, I have to live, I have to experience yeah. life but then have things to write and yeah. rap about before exactly. I just start making songs just mm-hmm. to make music. I'm not gonna rush an album. So I love that you gave the chance example and brought that around and perfectly led into the uh Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I seen that tweet by Roddy and I felt that because you know, I think in this generation, especially with the internet and I blame the internet and social media for a yeah, lot of stuff. Fans. For a lot yeah. of stuff. Because yeah, like it, it gives you the the mentality that like I need to be um it makes you competitive, right? Because mm-hmm. there's so much music being released, so many people trying mm-hmm. to, you know, accomplish the same goal as you. But it also can like mess things up to where people do feel like they need to rush and do this, you know? And like, yeah. I don't think that a product product needs to be rushed just because we have the access to release it, you know? So like, it, yeah, to make it and release it. So when Roddy said that, I I respected that because I'm sure Love people it. are like, where's where's Roddy? We need a new album. We did a new album, but then there are artists that we know that put out a mixtape every two months, and it's like, mm. like it's cool you put out music, but like, what is it doing? Like it might it. it might work for their core audience because their core audience just doesn't care what they release, right? But like, is it hidden? Yeah, you know what I mean. Is it hidden? That's the million dollar question. But but I do think that like streaming is great because we just have to get with the times, right? And get with technology. Yeah. Like again, yeah. no one's walking around with CD players. So like this is the new wave, but I do want them to like just respect artists more and yeah. pay us. Boom. Pay us. That's period. Well, period. Pay us. We 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 didn't give y'all a half and half there. We gave y'all a full and full. So <laughs> full right, 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 right. Shout out to that. Cup. We're going to slide into our employee of the month. We got a new, new employee of the month for y'all. This person is incredible. So we want to give a big shout out to Janae Brown. Shout out to Janae. Yes. Janae. She's been grinding for a long time. She has. She left her seat at the table at Labels to create her own table, Brown to Perfection Agency. Now she refers to herself as the Beyonce of marketing. If you do not know what Brown to Perfection is, it's a creative marketing and event production agency that specializes in helping brands, companies, and artists become the best version of themselves. On a client level, they offer traditional and digital marketing, brand strategy, and experiential event services. Within their own community, they provide resources in marketing, business development, and wellness through digital content and branded products. This includes curated niche events, mainly targeted towards millennial creatives and women of color, such as vision board and affirmation workshops, 
happy hours, fitness classes, and beyond. You can find Junaid tweeting out gems daily. Um, very, very positive person. Brings great energy to the timeline. It's always a pleasure to see her doing well and just, you know, encouraging people and uplifting people. And it's, it's so yeah. necessary in these times, especially within our community, because we can often be very competitive with one another. But Junaid is constantly yeah. uplifting others. So we're very excited to highlight her as our employee of the month. You all are going to get to hear from her this month. We're so excited to bring her on. One more time, shout out to our new employee of the month, Junaid Brown. Yeah, she's dope. She's been betting on herself for a while, too. I like the fact that she moved to Atlanta, you know, changed changed her environment. And I love her, I think they're called brownie bites, like a little, like, segments. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she's dope, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, shout out to her. Let's get into the music, the slide deck. Frank, take us away. The best song wasn't the single, but you weren't either. All right. So we got some fun music for y'all. We're going to let our guest uh, begin. So what did you bring for us to play today? Um, my song is Everyone, Everybody Knows by Chris Brown. Produced by Tariq Beats and Paul Cabin. Let's get into it. For some reason, it really nah. do. Okay. Really? People try to sleep on CB. Wait, Nick, he, do you do not think he's a good? No, 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 no. I know Chris Brown is a singer. Let me mm-hmm. stop. Stop yeah. there. Um, mm-hmm. No, Chris Brown is a great singer. We're not going to do this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. we're not going to do this. Not, <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Let's let's keep it positive. Uh, Nick, what did you bring for us, good brother? Um, first of all, I love that song. I I knew that song. I, oh, I ran yes. the project. This is all, that was off uh, Heartbreak on a Full Moon. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember that one as one of the standout tracks. So, like, yeah. thank you for bringing that I back that to me. Track, yeah. I remember, yeah, 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 yeah. I love that, love that. Um, but I actually brought a, a gem from a project that kind of didn't get no love. Um, and I think that's because of his 
prior project was so great. Uh, this is Anderson Pack that I'm speaking about. Um, so this project, this song is off of Oxnard, which is the one that came right after uh, Malibu's off of Oxnard. So this is Cheers by Anderson Pack, featuring Q-Tip, produced by Dr. Dre, Focus, and Q-Tip. Let's give it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm working on the world premiere. And I can see the world from here. They ask me where I'm going from here. Shit, anywhere, long as the runway is clear. Shit, music business moving too fast for me. Wishing I still had Mac with me. Yes, Lord. How do you tell a nigga slow it down? When you're living just as fast as them, I couldn't understand when I seen a stretched out cold on the pavement. Niggas catch TKOs on occasion. Wishing I could save them. What was I to say? I was doing dicks, dipping in and out of state. We was going in to get away. Sick of feeling so out of place. Wishing I could save you. What was I to say? Wishing I could save you, but now it's too late. Now is this really what I want? Is it really worth the pain? Now am I really an asshole? Fuck what you say. Don't do me no favors. Let's get back to basics. We live for today, bitch. Fuck up out my way, bitch. I'm losing all my aces. I'm running out of patience. Got some pretty faces. No one what my name is. Up in high places. I got some new neighbors. They don't really say shit, but when they see the spaceship, they just think I rap or some form of entertainment. But they don't know I'm black, young, gifted, and amazing. You know I had to close my Okay, you know what I'm saying? That's like, dope. I, yes, uh, I I love Anderson Pack. I've been loving Pack for a long time. I'm from California, so I gotta I gotta show him love. What part? The home team I'm from outside of LA. Okay. Vino. Yeah. yeah Are you there now? East of downtown. Mm-mm, no, no, no. I'm I'm in New York. See that sun? That Harlem sun shining down on me. Harlem world. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I, I, I just love that track. I was listening, you know, I, I've been wanting to find like projects, quote unquote, that we didn't get, that didn't give any love. And I ran that back because I was like, why didn't I like Oxnard? Or why didn't people really like this project? Because he had maybe put out Ventura maybe like three months after that project yeah. came out. Um, so, and I think it kind of got you know swept under the rug. Um, and so I was looking, listening back to it. I'm like, wait, wait, this is not as bad as people think. I know it's maybe not what they were expecting. But that song really stood out to me, especially when the beat drops and then he goes back into his rapping. And mm-hmm. I love his choices of instrumentation. Obviously, mm-hmm. a lot of live instrumentation. I love that in my own music. Yeah. It's so soulful. And it's, the layers in the production is always so high. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I love that one. Love that one. Armand, what yeah. you got, man? I brought uh, a track by one of my favorite artists. I've been very vocal about him on this podcast. This is Don't Do It For You No More by Party Next Door. Summer 16 Bop. Produced, produced by mm-hmm. Business Boy. The homie biz. Hey, yo, biz, good looking fool. One little step. 
apologize now. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Two shots for me and a bottle for her last. If I told you the truth, still wouldn't make it alright. How to find the words when they all been said? I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. Say I don't make you smile. Say I don't make you laugh. Say things don't cross your mind and make you forget about the past. Say I, say I don't. Say I don't do for you no more, baby. He just recently put it out on Party Pack. It was, it was a Lucy he put out summer 16. I remember it was like uh, right around when he dropped P3. He put out like a bunch of music before Party Next Door 3 and then he put out the album. But uh, I had this on repeat summer 16. This was my joint summer 16. Um, so it was That's really why I remember it. Yeah, I played it in, in, in the treehouse all the time. All yeah, the time. You know, what's, you know what's my favorite P&D album? Party Next Door 2. Yeah, no, that's, that's his best project. Easily. Easily his best project. Parties. I just back. always, it always gives me like nostalgia when I listen to it. And it just, I remember in 2016, speaking of 2016, I was in LA with my homegirl, Nico Moore. She's a singer. Um, and we just had such an amazing time in LA. Like that trip was so much fun. We got into so many dope things. And I remember like, we used to always listen to this album. So every time I hear it, it just, it just makes it just reminds me of that time, like that we were, you know, in LA, and it just gives me so much like deja vu and nostalgia. And just the album itself is so fucking good. PND is amazing, man. It's my dog. It's my dog. He's so. a goat. Shout out to him. Shout out to Business Boy for that production. And as you all know, you can hear these slides on our slide deck playlist on Apple and Spotify. Hit the link tree in our IG and Twitter bio. Artists, if you want to send us some slides, you know, stay busy pod on IG and Twitter or stay busy pod at gmail.com. Hit us up. You you, you know we're going to play it. You've seen us play it. So send us some stuff. We're going to play it for y'all. It's time for the fun. Perfection, are you ready for auto-reply? Uh, kind of. <laughs> I'm a little I'm a I'm a little nervous, but let's see what you guys got for me. All right. Well this is uh it's a fun segment, Nick's brainchild. We're gonna go back and forth and say a word, you tell us the first thing that comes to mind. No pressure. I have fun with it. We just okay. try to warm up for the for the interview portion. So Nick, kick us off. Style. Clothing. Okay. Wine. Moscato. There we go. Console. <laughs> Uh, SSL. Mm-hmm. Revolutionary. Me. Challenges. Inevitable. Bars. Uh, Daw or D A W? It's Daw. Yeah. Daw. Okay. 
FL Studio for sure. Logic, logic, logic. Cigars. Not a fan. <laughs> black. Everything is black. Everything is black. Everything is black. Hi hats. Favorite. Mm. Monitors. NS tens. Yes. Flat. Uh and the last word is gonna be perfection. <laughs> imperfection. Perfection with imperfection. Okay, very nice. And this is uh thank you for those those answers. This is a perfect transition into our board meeting. Nick, perfection, are y'all ready for the board meeting? I'm just Let's I can't go. be more ready. So as you all know, we are blessed to have a talented engineer, producer, stylist, and entrepreneur here with us, Perfection. And now it's not spelled as the normal word perfection is spelled, and that really intrigued me. So our first question is, one, what made you choose the name Perfection? And secondly, why the the particular spelling of it in all caps with uh, P-E-R-F-X-N? So this is funny. So, So I'm a Virgo. Let's throw that out there. there Born in September, um, you know, Queen B, um, Kobe, um, Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. um, Nas, Swiss Beats. You know, just just God. whatever. <laughs> Lots of greatness. <laughs> so, when I first started Instagram, well, when Instagram first started, um, I put Love Perfection as my Instagram name because. I'm not huge into the whole astrology thing, but I do think that like energies and, and planets and stars and shit align. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, but I'm not like, I don't live by astrology, right, right, right. but you know, me being a Virgo, whatever, some of our traits people say is like, we're perfectionists. We love perfection. So um, ah. I could agree with that in a sense. So I, that was my Instagram name, love perfection. So you know, people just started calling me that perfection, perfection, perfection. So it kind of just branded itself. And I was like, fuck it. Like, let, I'm just gonna let that be my, my producer name. Um, cause I didn't want to do avian avians, my, my real name, my, my government name is avian. I didn't want to do avian. People used to tell me do avian beats. It just wasn't, it just didn't stick. It just don't, you know, I got no spice to it. So I just, you know, kept perfection because people would naturally, yo, perfection ain't perfection. So I was like, fuck it. So I kept it. But I was conflicted by it after a while because I'm like, no one's perfect. So I don't want to walk around thinking and feeling like I'm perfect, right? Like, because no one's perfect, not even me. Like within us striving for perfection, there's a lot of imperfection, right? Like, because no one's perfect. So, you know, for a while, I always, I was feeling like, should I change my name? Should I change it? Because it's like, no one's perfect, not even me. So I don't want people to like, think that I think that highly of myself, because I don't. It just started as an Instagram name, which ended up branding itself. But in reality, sometimes I do try to not be as perfect as possible, but be as good as possible, or do Mm -hmm. things as good as possible. And I think sometimes... 
I tend to overthink things in a sense of trying to make things perfect kind right, of right, like right. Even, even with with music for a long time like people would say just put stuff out just send stuff out and I'm like no I want it to be as good as possible as good as possible and in my mind I was like take a step back from that because you can't make things perfect as good as you try right no one's perfect nothing's sense. perfect you just have to do as good as you can so I was conflicted for a while wondering if I should change it because again I didn't want people to think that that's what I think of myself because I'm not perfect but I think it's like an alter ego kind of thing also like it became like a different side of me like I'm avian and then you have perfection it's like my creative brand it's it's the producer it's like you know the super producer like just that's like my alter ego kind of thing so I, I kept it and I think I'm going to keep it just because it's it branded itself, right? It just became its own thing. People literally call me that everywhere. Perfection, perfection. Even some of my friends like won't call me avian. They'll just call me perfection. So <laughs> that's where that came from. And for a long time, it was just spelled as it is, as the word is perfection. And I was just like, you know what? It's just, it's too long. Doesn't seem exciting to me. So I had a conversation with um, my homeboy, Jay Hatch, who used to uh, run iStandard forever. And I was just like, bro, like, I don't know. I'm just not excited by the name. Like, and then I want to create my LLC, my production company, um, and, you know, make that like the house for everything music. But I need a name. I need something interesting. And we were going back and forth. And I was like, he's like, why don't you change the name? The, the the spelling of it and I was like damn that's cool I didn't want to veer too far off um so I came with perfection with the x and you know when you say perfection it kind of sounds like it has an x in there perfect you know what I mean so I was like let me just let me just spell it like that and then I don't know it's just something about like certain words being bold that just it's a statement um Mm -hmm. and I don't know just sometimes certain words in bold just look cooler so they that's hit. where, yeah. So that's I, where that came like from. Yeah. So, so how do you feel like perfection sets you apart from other people? The name. The name. The the the. It's almost as if you're like you know between avian and perfection. You're sort of like straddling the line between like an alter ego, maybe like your brain. Yeah. Like how do you how do you think that that sets you apart from different people? Um. Cause I think it's probably intriguing for people. It's like perfection. Yeah. Like who's this? What is that? Like, like what's, that, yeah. what's exactly. perfect about perfection? Like what's, what's go. the perfection about, you know what I mean? So I guess like, yeah, it's intriguing. Like, I, like um, I don't know. It, it, I guess it, it makes a little bit of a statement. Cause I think for people it's like, Oh, perfect perfection. What is that about? Like, let's, let's see what you got going on. So I think that, you know, the word is intriguing in itself for some people when they see me, they look at me and they're like, Okay, let's see what you're about, you know. I think if I would well, a lot of people tell me like Avian, that's a beautiful name. I've never heard anyone with that, right? So they're they're just two completely different. Like I think for me, um, and you mentioned Clubhouse earlier, like I have Avian as my name on Clubhouse because yeah. I think I think when people first signed up for Clubhouse, they put their name and then when they realize what it is, it's like, oh shit, like <laughs> I should have put my actual brand or yeah. my creative name, but I do sometimes like to separate them because there's certain spaces where I don't want to call myself perfection. 
You know what I mean? There's certain like professional environments where I do want to shake someone's hand and say, Hey, I'm avian, you know? So, um, I think they're for, for some people, they're both cool and intriguing names. Cause it's like, Oh shit, I've never heard of avian. Like that's a dope name. Where is it from? Where are you from? And then perfection people are like, what's that about? Like what's, what's perfect. What's, what's your vibe, you know? So I think both of them just, just set me apart naturally. Cause, cause people are intrigued by what, what's behind the name or, or the meaning. So can you go into a little bit more about yourself through your musical background, how you started and how music and fashion sort of came together and, and you know, speak to each respectively, how you got into both. So um, I come from a, a family of musicians. My dad was a musician. He had a band in the Dominican Republic with his brothers and sisters. So it was like, it's probably like a band of maybe four or five of them. So I grew up listening to my dad play instruments or or try to learn instruments. I remember when I was younger, he was trying to teach himself how to play the guitar. Um, and I have uncles who are musicians as well. So I've, I was always around it, but I never, um, like I embraced it, but I never took a liking of it on my own until I was a teen, late teens actually, um, where I was always in fashion. You know, I had nine to fives that started working when I was 16 and when I was looking for my own jobs to make my own money and not ask my parents for money constantly I just ended up working in you know little boutiques and things of that nature and you know ended up working from one place to the other to the other and I just started working at like little high-end boutiques that taught me more about fashion taught me more about fabrics and um, just opened the doors for me to learn more about the fashion industry but while doing that as my nine to five um, I was deciding if I wanted to go to college or not. So I actually went to school for forensic science. I went to college for forensic science because I was a huge CSI nerd <laughs> after high school. Um, but when I went to college, I was like, this, this is boring. Like I'm not a, a bookworm. I don't like writing. I hate writing papers. Like yeah. if my professor told me to write 20 pages, you'll probably get like 11. And it's like, yeah. Like, well, this is what I got. Like, yeah, it's like, this is, like, literally, it's just like, yeah, Yeah, it's like changing the, changing the font. You know what I mean? Like, it it just wasn't me. And I had to be realistic with that. I said, you know what? I'm I'm not into this. And then not to mention the fact when I went to college, I wasn't doing any of the forensic science courses. It was just like literature classes that had nothing to do with anything. And I was just like, what is this? So, you know, I kind of took a semester off and was like, I actually want to pursue music. That's my passion. I love listening to music. I come from a family of musicians. I, every time I hear music, I'm always breaking breaking it down, like the lyrics, the yeah. beat, everything. I was always more technical than anything. I used to always mess with computers, always just that kind of thing. So I was like, I, I'm going to make beats. You just make beats. And my friend was like, fuck it, just do it. So I yeah. just, I, I learned on my own. I was self-taught. And then some of the homies had a studio in the Bronx and I used to just kick it with them. I used to just watch. They were so much better than me, obviously. So I just used to go to the studio, watch, learn, ask questions. I like just play around with the dolls. And at one point I was like, you know, I want to take my, my knowledge to the next level. And I felt like maybe I should go to engineering school or like just an audio technology school. So I started looking into that. I went to IAR they closed, I think maybe about two years ago or so, but I went to IAR and I didn't like it. 
it just felt like the same thing. Like I'm in a class full of 25 people. They're going to give me this textbook. And that's just not my vibe. Like I like learning hands-on. I like learning in small groups. So I ended up not going to the school. I had a friend. By this time, I was still working in the fashion industry. I was still working at, I was managing a, a very small boutique. It was a women's designer boutique. So I had a lot of access to everyone that came in and out because it was just me and my boss. So okay. that's that's when I met Angela Yee. She was actually a client of mine yes, yes, yes. at the boutique. Um, so I met her in like 2012 and we just started kicking it. And I was still involved in the music, but still doing a nine to five fashion stuff. Um, and then one of my homies interned at a studio at Engine Room. And he's like, well, you're trying to go to IAR. They're actually trying to create their own IAR program you should just come here. And he's like, because I'm an intern here and, you know, I'm here. (laughs) And and also he's like, Angela knows the studio owner for 20 years Mm. and you know, Angela. So I'm like, what's for you is for you. (laughs) Exactly. So I'm like, I mean, this makes sense. So I had a meeting with Scott, who's the studio owner, who Angela was friends with. And he's like, Angela put in a good word for you. Like, you know, Joe put in a good word for you. Let's try it out. So I was like, fuck it. The program was in the studio, which was great because it was hands-on. Perfect. It was probably like, no pun. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so it was just like a class of six. It, it was really a trial um, program for them. It was really, okay. it was like the first program. It was a trial and the only program that they've had. Um, so yeah, it was like six students. We did it for about maybe five, six months. And after, and I was still in the fashion industry. I was still working at the boutique, still meeting people, still, you know, grinding, doing my awesome. own music, but yeah, still doing a nine to five. But when I was in the store, I was like, I'm sick of retail. Like fashion is cool, but I just don't want to deal with the retail side of things. Like I'm tired of being here for eight hours. Like just the whole, the whole thing of, of retail. Right. So I said, the next job I get is going to be in the music industry and I'm not going back. So after I finished the program, Scott was like, Hey, like, can you intern for us? Like twice a day, twice a week. And I was like, fuck it. I still have my job. So I was like, whatever, I could come and help you guys with social media and help you guys put together newsletters, whatever. So I would come maybe like four hours a day, like twice a week. And I remember I created the newsletter and he was like, yo, the fuck? This shit is so good. And and it was just something that I like put together, like super on the fly. Super. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he was like, you know, can you do a newsletter? I did something like a draft super on the fly. And he's like, he's like, you know, he's like, we want you to manage the studio. So I went from interning for two months to being like the assistant studio manager working under Scott. And he actually, they ended up firing the girl who had the position to hire me. Mm. And I felt... And I felt bad because it's not, I didn't ask for it. Like I literally did not ask for it, you know, but they were like, she's just not doing anything. She's not contributing. She's just there. She, she just didn't have the professionalism to be able to like take the position and run with it. Right. Like she would just come and just do the basics. But even then, like they just didn't trust her. Like she just used to screw up emails and, you know, just the little things. So they're like, what are we doing? 
yeah, yeah. So, so they hired me. They they offered me a position, and I was like, "Fuck it!" Like I, I've been trying to leave the store. This right. is it. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I, I didn't look back. So they kind of broke the news to her, and I felt bad because she was actually one of the students in the course with me. So oh, she worked. So she worked <laughs> at. So she worked at the studio and was a student too so like we would be around each other and I felt bad because I'm like damn like I don't want her to think that like I stole her job but it yeah. was given to me right you know what I mean so like I ended up just working at the studio for four years so in the in, in that four years you know Angela used to have her her Angela Yee podcast way before like she brought it back and I was working on it she used to have it up at Sirius Radio yeah. Sirius XM but she wanted it now like you know, take it to the next level. So when I started working there, that's when she started bringing the podcast to the studio. We started co-producing it for her. Like she used to record there. Then we ended up getting like a, a camera crew to really put it together. So that's how I got into like doing lip service with her. So I went from like working with her in the boutique as a client where she would come and shop to like now mm-hmm. being at the studio and then her, um, you know, bringing her podcast and then me co-producing it. So, you know, in the midst of me working at the studio for four years, I just met so many people. I learned mm-hmm. so many things, like even the, the engineers and producers at the studio have definitely helped me take my production to the next level. Cause I would just ask questions and ask questions. Yo, how can I, you know, mix this better? Like, how right. can I EQ this differently? How can I, you know, and like the guys really embraced me and, just all the people that I met at the studio from A&Rs to managers, to artists, to people at labels, to other producers, you know, really like helped me just expand my knowledge and my experience in production. Mm-hmm. And it just um, helped me just build more relationships. So, you know, I just did that for years and kept grinding. And then I just felt like I needed to, I felt like I outgrew the studio. Mm-hmm. I felt like I hit a ceiling and I was just like, I need to do my own thing. So I told them, I was like, look, I'm not as happy as I used to be before because it was just the workload grew and I felt like it was affecting my creativity. So I was just like, look, I need to step away and just focus on me. So I did that and it was tough. I did that last year. I left last year and it was tough. It was scary because I had no backup plan, you know, but I knew I had to leave and everything just started moving from there, you know, just relationships that I had just ended up just the relationships that I grew over the years ended up helping me when I left that job, you know, like just the different opportunities and stuff like that. So now I'm here. (laughs) So can you, uh, you know, as, as we've seen in the music industry in various uh, aspects, uh, men aren't always so um, happy when women are better than them at something or can do what they do. Uh, some might try to limit your opportunities. Some might try to blackball you. Um, and then there are, you know, the quality men who recognize how talented women are and embrace them and help them to up, help to uplift them as you've experienced um, and, and you spoke about. So just generally as, as a woman producer in the game, can you speak towards your experiences and, and if you ever felt like people were trying to hinder you from certain opportunities or has it been general, you know, support and I think truly, and I was having this conversation the other day on Clubhouse where um, like the women were saying that men need to support them or like things of that nature. And I was just saying like throughout the course of my career, my time in the music industry, 
I've had mainly men be the ones to support me. You know, I never felt like I had any male try to like blackmail me or or hinder my success unless they they're doing it behind the scenes and I'm completely oblivious right. to it. Right. But majority of the men that I work with have been very, very helpful and have embraced me and have been willing to work with me, which I'm so grateful for. And I think it's mainly because of my work ethic, right? It's like, we see that you're a hustler. We see that you're serious about this. You're not just a pretty girl trying to get in the door because you're a pretty girl. It's like, no, let's work. Let's build. Let's collab. Let's get this money. Let's grind. Like, how can we help each other? And then the relationships that I have, I guess, kind of help help in that sense where it's like, okay, you have people that are relevant and that are a certain level that value you and respect you. There's a reason for that. So let's let's try to get to know you and figure out why. Like there's there's a reason why these people have respect for you and work with you, right? So I think, you know, all of those things have helped me kind of navigate and be able to, you know, just have success in the industry. I feel like there's so many things that I still have to do, but what I've done so far have been great milestones for me and and for someone being like an up and coming producer still and someone that's independent. Um, I've had like, you know, small wins because of the relationships I have and because the men that I work with, like, and women too. Like, I think Angela has definitely helped me so much. She's probably the first person that helped me. You know what I mean? Um, so there's definitely women. I do feel like there's some women in the industry that might not want to help me because they might be like, I don't want to say jealous, but like, you know, mean girls. Like yeah. w- women are more catty than men, right? Women would embrace you because we got to stick together. But then there are some women that are like, I'm intimidated by her. Or I don't know her. Or there's some girls, like there's a couple girls that I know off the back of my mind that I'm like, oh, you don't fuck with me. I don't know why, but like, you're not giving me an opportunity because you don't fuck with me. And that's fine because I'm going to show you. But like, I've felt that energy more from women. On the flip side with men, I do think that like, it's interesting because as a producer, now I got to compete with the boys. Right now yeah. I got to like compete to get my, my, my beats on albums that like right. boy wonder might want to try to get on. Right. Like, or, or whoever. So I think it's in that aspect, that's what I see. Like, damn, like now, like guys are looking at me as like, wow, she's dope. She's a female producer. Like we got to embrace that. But I'm sure some men are like, you're still a producer and you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get my shit off before you, but I've I've been embraced by men like so much in the game that I can't even complain. I can't even say anything bad about it, you know. That. But that's my experience personally. I've been fortunate enough to have that experience, so right. I can't yeah. speak for other women, you know. Yeah. So how did the the whole opportunity with uh, Blabchat come to be? So can you talk about that? Like how, how that um, came. So I met Ilmine and Atlas at Engine Room because, um, you know, mutual friends at Engine Room, we used to throw these annual holiday parties, which okay. used to be insane. So we used to um, host them with Angela and Combat Jack. I don't know if you yeah, guys are aware of Combat. Combat. Yeah, yeah Rest in Peace Combat. Yeah, he, he actually... Yeah, he used to record his podcast at Engine Room, too. So Engine Room was, like, the hub for a lot of stuff, like Packstone, um, Combat Jack, Lip Service, 
the re Charlemagne, like so many things. So there was so much momentum at the studio at that time. Um, and this was probably like the first two years that I started working there. So like 2015 right. and 16. After that, we haven't thrown a holiday party since because it's just <laughs> a lot. Uh-huh. Like we literally used to have like five, 600 people in the fucking building. Like it, it was just bad. Like I remember <laughs> one year, I remember one year somebody leaked our flyer. We had like a thousand RSVPs and we're like, bro, we only want like 300 people in here. How are we going to, how are we going to go through this list? Because you don't want to just say yes to everyone, right? You want to make sure that the people are there. People that are there are people you want to be there and people that have to be there. So the holiday party used to be a mess. Um, But I met Illmind and Atlas at the holiday party because they were invited by combat and that was like the first time that I met them and then we just you know we just kept building from there and Illmind already had Blap it was called Blap on a radio I believe Um, and he had co-hosts but he was trying to reinvent it he was trying to like do something new with it and um, I remember I went hung out with Atlas. I seen them at another holiday party. I think Atlas and Ilmine is just Atlas. He was like, you know, Ilmine's trying to bring this back. Um, and we were considering having you as a co-host. And I was like nervous as shit. Cause I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I'm, I was doing lip service, you know, co-producing that and occasionally co-hosting, but rarely, but I'm like, I don't want to sound crazy on the mic, you know? So it was like, just new for me to be a co-host. I was like, I was almost going to say no, like at first, wow. you know, which is crazy. I was just like, uh, is this for me? Like, am I going to be good at it? Like, I don't want to sound stupid and say the wrong thing. Um, and Atlas was like, yo, no pressure. Like, let's just do a test interview next week. Like just all, all of us, you know, glam too. And then we'll take it from there see how you like it. So we're like, all right. So we did the first interview. It was super dope. And then when we finished, they're like, all right, next week, same time. So we was like, yeah. And then the rest was history. But yeah, I met him at Engine Room at the holiday party. And then, you know, they they just wanted us on. And I I think me and Glenn were kind of like, I mean, okay, cool, let's try it. And then it just, we just never went back. So. Yeah. Did you have a bit of it, like you feel like imposter syndrome about it? Did you feel like you were unqualified to do it? It was that a part of like the apprehension. Maybe, yeah. I think like I I don't know if I thought of it. I don't know if at that moment I I thought of the word unqualified, but maybe that was subconsciously that was the thought behind it. Like, wait, I've never done anything like this. Like, yeah. I don't know if I'll be good at it. What are we gonna talk about? What if we? what if he starts talking about something that I have no knowledge in and then I look crazy? Yeah. Like all those thoughts came to my mind and it was completely none of that, you know? So, right. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I was, I, the reason I brought it up because we had been, we'd had a conversation I think last week, you know, with uh, one of our guests, Kojo, uh, who works at Asylum. Uh, and he was talking about, we just, you know, wanted to speak about a little bit of imposter syndrome because sometimes that can come out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, people feeling like they're not qualified to speak on something, a topic, maybe because they don't have that experience. Like if you're on a producer panel, but you haven't got a placement, but you've been producing for years and you really mm-hmm. do know your craft, but the external validating factors for you to be able to be a producer, whatever, you know, like may not be there. And so I think mm-hmm. oftentimes a lot of creatives battle with that. Um, those sort of like things and, and we see that a lot of on clubhouse a lot of posturing like people you were like yeah 
you know, they're an a, everybody's an A and R, but it's like, well, who right. is A and R? And then there's some people who are like, yeah, they're working and they built with small artists, and you can you could just tell, regardless of accolades, who really does know what they're doing and talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that you know, I just wanted to bring that point up because it's yeah, and it's, been a thread we've been speaking on. Sure. And it's it's interesting, right? Because like I just got my first major placement, right? That's releasing. Okay. Um, okay. That's re- releasing on Wednesday. Okay. Um, so like, it's, it's that conversation is funny because it's like, what qualifies you to do and be anything? Is it it's like fact. the fact that you did it? Because I've been producing for a long time, but I do think that over the years, my production has definitely got better. My knowledge mm-hmm. in, in production and audio in generally has gotten better. I'm around a lot of people that if I don't have the answers, they do, you know, right. and sometimes I do have a lot of the answers because of the people I'm around and, and the work that I've done, but I haven't had a major placement. So it's like, does that disqualify me from the conversation because right. I don't have that to show? And then it's like, okay, now next week, a song that I, produce is going to be released so now it makes me qualified you know right, so like right, right. It, it's just an interesting conversation i do think that there are people that have no knowledge that speak on things mm-hmm. you know but i don't know it's just like what qualifies us to be good at anything is it like the stamp of saying like i achieved it you never know i i mean yeah i agree it is is and, you know, obviously resume speaks for itself in a lot of ways. And I think that that is, it's always hard to get the, the first one. And then we get mm-hmm. there and then the rest, the rest comes through. So. Yeah. But yeah. What are some upcoming projects that uh, you're working on, you're involved in, uh, that you're looking forward to? And if, if you can't speak about it, if you want to you know, keep it on below till it's time, that, that's completely fine. But we just want to know, like, what, you, what, what you're up to these days. Um, so right now I have a song releasing on Wednesday with Vori and Beam. Vori's actually uh, Meek Mill's new protege, his new artist that he's publishing. Super fire. He, his pen game is crazy and his artistry is crazy. Like he wrote, um, for Beyonce, he wrote some stuff for Drake. Um, (laughs) so like just now him being a, like coming out as a full throttle artist with this backing behind him is super dope. That's so, exciting. and, and it's my first placement, like major label. So, Congrats. you know, thank you. So, <laughs> right? exclusive, it's, it's, yeah. which, which, you know, it's so funny, you know, it's so funny. Like we worked on this, we worked on this record in January. So almost a year. So I've kind <laughs> of, I've, I've, I've been, I've had the record, like they sent me a bounce of the song. Um, when it happened so I've been holding on to this song right. since January wow. so like at this point like I've heard it 90 million times and right. I'm like I'm like oh okay cool like it's coming out but I think the excitement is the fact that it's coming out on a larger scale and it's my first placement so like right. yeah. you know it's, it's like it's like bittersweet so I have that yeah. coming out and then just the DJ Khaled stuff that I'm working on the first one that has me like extremely busy more than mm-hmm. anything so um just editing those shows. I'm doing post-production on that. Um, and we have a Diddy episode coming out that I'm Ooh. currently, uh, that I'm currently editing. So they're trying to potentially release it on Thursday, but it's, it's mainly scheduled to be released, um, the, on the 19th or something, but Khaled enjoys, a. Uh, 
taking things off schedule. So he's, <laughs> Sounds like him. <laughs> <laughs> so he's trying to uh, put that out sooner than later. So I've been super busy just working on on that specific episode and other episodes within the show. So I'm just super in- excited to be a part of that. It's um it's exclusively on Amazon. It's free with the app if you have the app and it's amazing conversation. It's it's actually one of my favorite things that I'm working on and have been working on in a while because just honestly hearing all of the respect that these big artists have for Khaled is, yeah. is exciting. Like people think Khaled is like this crazy guy that dances and does all this funny stuff on social media. And, and he has like dope records, but he's been around for a lot of shit. Like it's about the work. He works. Like, this, <laughs> like, like about yeah. Work. Like, like the stories that little Wayne has said about him, like even Puff, even Big Sean, like he's been grinding and he's been instrumental in a lot of their careers. So mm-hmm. that's my favorite part is like doing this project and, and working on each episode and hearing what people have to say. So that's what I'm working on so far is like the Khaled stuff that's coming out every Thursday and then the Vory record, everything else is, you know, is coming. Very, very nice. Okay, look at you. Perfection. Sam, perfect. I think the perfect way to close this is to discuss <laughs> your 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 legacy and what you want to leave behind. So what's one thing you want the people to remember about perfection when it's all said and done? Um, I would say my contribution to the culture. Good music. Um, yeah, I think just, I think leaving behind things that our contrib our contributions to growing the culture and, and, and positive things in the culture and, and um and that goes from like music and fashion, right? Like I wanna be able to release like timeless music, great music that's timeless with artists that are timeless. Um and just just products that make people feel good, whether that's music and clothes, really, you know, that's what I'm about. Well, man, we got quite an episode out of you we want to thank you so much for your insight for your openness for your candor for being just unfiltered and you really gave us so much um so bulletin board like we said we got a Vori track dropping produced by perfection wednesday i'm tapped in um i'm sure there's some virtual concerts or panels coming up i can't really think of any do you want to plug yeah. your brand one more time perfection yes please, please it's um so it's lifers we're on etsy right now i'm working on a on a website um so it's l x f e r s on instagram um so this is it it's you know men and women we also have stuff for kids we have stuff yeah. for dogs you know dogs. what i mean so <laughs> for my dogs um yeah. So yeah, just you know, check us out on social. We're constantly creating new pieces, and yeah. So all right, thanks. Well, again, we want to thank you so much for pulling up to the busy verse, as we call it. <laughs> um, we had a really, really great time. You gave us so much, and the listeners, you all are, you all are in for a treat. Um, yeah. And of course, have fun. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. And a special day, one more time. Happy birthday to the boy, Nick. Nick Early, Big Twenty Five. We sip in. I I wish I had the Migos next to me. I'll make us take one together on camera. It's cool. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for joining us for one more episode. It's the boy Armand. We got Nick here. We got perfection. Stay busy. Stay perfect. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. I mean, I guess if you want to go out, go out. But like, be be smart. Be you like you don't. Six feet. Yeah, distance. Distance. I understand she might be bad. I understand he might be handsome, but <laughs> distance, <laughs> distancing. 
But uh, stay safe, stay humble, stay busy. Let's let's hear that outro. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy, taking time, getting right. If you miss me, yeah, yeah. I've been out yeah, in the yeah. world, staying busy. Yeah, yeah. Monday's not a Me. I've been out in the world staying busy